I remember being jealous of you because you would come, you, you had this bus ride, but you would come with candy. Welcome to Hard Candy and Fruit Snacks. I'm Gloria Harrison, a TV producer living in New York. And I'm Carrie Clifford, an actor and writer living in Los Angeles. We first met in elementary school outside Boston. When I was part of a program that bused kids from the inner city to school in the suburbs. We're going to talk about privilege and disadvantage. And about what it's like to move from one world to another without really feeling at home in either. In this podcast, we're having conversations about race. And the awkwardness that comes with learning about people from another culture. So everybody's wondering how we got the title, right? Hard candy and fruit snacks. I know. No one knows what it means. And that's okay. We wanted something that was obscure. And to be honest, we had a really hard time figuring out what to call this thing. Yeah, we couldn't agree on anything. Remember that? We had a moment when I said, you know, if we can't even agree on a title, I mean, why are we doing this? I know. You were ready to pull out. (laughs) (laughs) But we didn't want it to be like a black and white friend or, you know, like something that, yeah. So this was basically... Um, inspired from when we met or when we started being friends in third grade was our snacks. Gloria would bring candy to school and I've always remembered that and I would have a healthier snack. And we talk about that in this episode. So hopefully it'll be interesting for listeners to tune in. Exactly. We met in elementary school, right? Um, what, What was your morning like? My morning was something I can never forget. So do you remember, first of all, what time did we start school? Because that, that, that'll help me get my I, uh, time frame together. I want to say that elementary school was like 8 o'clock, but I don't really know. 8.30? Eight, probably 8, right? Yeah, probably. I, I don't remember. But I don't I can, either. What I can go back and tell you is that I remember setting my mom, setting my alarm for like 5.30-ish, oh 5.45 in the morning. And I remember in the winter, it was still dark outside. Mm-hmm. So um, I would get up that early. Um, and I remember having to get dressed, shower, brush my teeth, you know, the usual kid stuff. Sometimes it was too early. I don't even know if I ate breakfast because <laughs> I had to catch that bus. And the bus, so imagine this. I live on this hill at the bottom of a hill. I had to go all the way up this hill. It seems so... Uh, long and so far away as a ch- as a young child, and I remember the bus picking me up at like six thirty, anywhere from six thirty to six forty five. And the crazy part is, if I were a second late, it was too bad for me. That meant my mom or dad had to drive me. Can you believe this? All the way to Wayland. Yeah. And wait, just for if anyone is listening and hasn't listened before, but you were coming from the inner city of Boston out to the suburbs. Wayland was where we went to school, but just if people were wondering why you got up so early. But yeah, so if you missed the bus, you were you didn't go to school that day. Oh, no, no, I went, but it it made uh, everyone's schedule uh, chaotic because I had to be at that bus. But what that meant was I had to have on the youngest of five, as I mentioned, I had to have a sibling uh, to either walk me up at the top of the hill, my mom or dad walked me. And to be honest with you, sometimes they overslept. Right. I didn't always have the best, you know, the house was chaotic. Right. So sometimes I would literally be like, okay, um, mom, I'm at the top of the hill. And she'd say, I woke you up. What happened? I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I would snooze. 
I didn't want to go. I didn't right. want to go all the way up there. But when you say yes, inner city. So again, I lived in Dorchester. The bus was picking me up, one of maybe, I'd say 20 to 25 kids. Um, and, and, and on the Mecco bus, it went to elementary, middle school, and high school. I think we used the same bus, or at least up until uh, elementary to middle school. So it was not only picking me up in Dorchester, it was going to Mattapan, and it was going to sections of Roxbury. So before I could even attempt to come on the highway to come to the school, um, they had to pick up all the other kids. <laughs> <laughs> and that was crazy. So we'd get on the bus and... When I was so young, I, I remember not knowing, um, I didn't know a lot of the kids on the bus. I was shy, mm -hmm. if you can believe that. I didn't understand uh, why the commute had to be so long and why we had to go so far. So it, it was hard for me in the morning. Um, and if I didn't have my stuff together, remember I said, the, we know that our day was long, early in the morning, getting ready for school and even going to bed late at night, not having a true schedule, because I always felt like I was chasing. Yeah. And so even to get to school in the morning, it was uh, the prep time. I felt like a whole lot of things uh, going on even before I can begin to even think about sitting down in a classroom and learning. Did you have breakfast like before you got on the bus or did you have breakfast at school? Do you remember? You know what? I think it was like hit or miss. Some yeah. days I didn't want to eat that early. I'm like 540. No, right. food that early. Right. So, it, you know, I remember sometimes I would eat or sometimes I would eat at the school. Um, but it, it was crazy. I, I just, it was a long commute and it was, imagine this being on the bus. I don't really, if you go back to first grade, I don't really um, know a lot of the kids. They don't know me. Right. And also, you know what they used to call me on the bus? I was known as a sleeper. And what that <laughs> means is sometimes I would sleep the whole morning away. There were several times that the bus dropped all the kids off, went back to the bus terminal, and I was still sleeping. No. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I mean, I do remember that, that we were told, like, how early the Metco kids had to get up and you guys had such a long bus ride and I really <laughs> I the way I think I thought you guys lived in another state because like it obviously it takes longer on a bus because you're stopping you know or whatever but like it it did seem like you guys were coming from some foreign land that it took you this long to get to school because like remember most of our parents like my dad worked in Boston so he went back and forth to Boston every day it wasn't a big deal but you guys it was like I don't know I just remember having this like sympathy or empathy like oh my god they have to get up at you know five in the morning yeah. to get you know, and, and you know then, why? So I'm sorry. So your dad, right? He drove himself. Yeah, that was it. He went through the toll booths. He came home. He kissed his family. For us, we're riding on the bus with, like I said, 15, 20, 25 kids, and it's going to all of these bus stops. Mm -hmm. And I just looked, you know, looked it up, and I said, you know, I, I just have to remember how far was Dorchester actually from Wayland, and it's anywhere from 34 minutes to 44 minutes. Right. So imagine that's from Dorchester from my home. Right. And then imagine driving through the inner city and traffic for an additional 30 minutes. So right. I'm like, yeah, that's real. That right. hour, I'm like, I really did that? Yes, I really did it. 
And it was hard. Imagine the hill that I'm talking about. There were days when it rained so bad and I still had to walk up the hill. Right. And I still had to stand there if the bus was late. And there were days where I just was, I just didn't want to go to school. And this was before like iPods and phones and like you had no device. It was just like you talking with kids or eating snacks or reading or whatever. Exactly. And then <laughs> imagine if the bus was late, the communication was crazy for our parents because right. they're like, well, she's supposed to arrive here at, you know, 410, 430, right. you know, and to, to, to finally get in contact with them. It, it was, it, it was, it was a lot. My, and I don't remember ever having the opportunity uh, other than Saturday and Sundays of sitting down and having a family breakfast with my mm -hmm. mom and dad. Um, it was a Saturday and Sundays only because Monday through Friday, my father was a traveling truck driver. So mm -hmm. he didn't, I didn't have the privilege of having uh, breakfast with him in the morning. I'm um, talking to him, you know, he would just say, you know, we'd say our highs and goodbyes. Uh, it was like, we we're all like passing through the night. Yeah. You know, quick dinner together. Um, everybody's up. Um, and then I, you know, being the youngest, my siblings were older, so their schedule was different and they were going to school in Boston public schools and I was going through the MECO program. So breakfast, I don't remember uh, having the um, opportunity to have a sit down with my entire family um, when I was younger because I had to leave so early. I mean, I don't remember it either. Like, I definitely felt the same way that it was just like chaos in the morning and trying to get kids ready and cry crying babies and, you know, my dad leaving, whatever. But I mean, I in no way had the hardship that you did in the morning. But base, but I don't remember. It wasn't like we I think my mom would when I was younger in elementary school, she would make me breakfast. But it wasn't like a Norman Rockwell painting where we were all sitting around having, you know, waffles right. and eggs or something. <laughs> but um, and then the in elementary school, the bus picked me up at the end of my driveway. Right. So, and so what time do you remember? Like, what time did you have to get up to get ready for school? I don't really remember, but I feel like it was probably like 7.15 or something. And, you know, in elementary school, do you even shower in the morning? I don't know. Right. So. <laughs> and so then I probably went downstairs, had some sort of breakfast, and then walked down the driveway and the bus was there. And I remember like, you know, in the winter, it seemed so terrible, but you know, it really wasn't. But, <laughs> and then later, like in high school, I just had to walk down, like down the road a little bit, but you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I had to walk down a hill. You had to walk up a hill. I had to walk down a hill. Um, and yeah. So, I mean, I, the, and the thing I remember is like, sitting, you know, like all the cool kids would sit in the back of the bus and I wasn't that cool. So I would kind of, <laughs> I would kind of sit in the middle or the front. I and, was in the front too. How funny is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, and, we had a lot more in common, and, a lot more in common than we realized. Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> but it wasn't the bus ride, like for elementary school, I don't remember it being that, you know, memorable. It was just kind of, we'd get on and we, we, you know, it was probably just a few stops. And then you, the school was probably like two miles from my house, maybe. It wasn't that far. So, right. so uh, 
I'm, I'm imagining my commute and being on that bus. And now that you bring that up, it's funny. I used to sit in the front. I would sleep. Um, <laughs> didn't talk to very many kids. As I got older, I still was a sleeper all the way through high school. They're like, damn, girl, you always tired. I'm like, yeah, because we're on this bus and it's going back. You know, I felt like it would stop and go, stop and go. And I just would fall asleep. And it's funny. I'm still like that. <laughs> if I'm in the car for a long time, I'm like, okay, next thing I know, I'm off. I'm sleeping. But even as I got older and on the bus, uh, there was that pressure, too, of the cool kids yeah. being in the back. Um, we played music on okay. the bus. We there didn't. was um, people throwing things on the bus. <laughs> we had a bus monitor. I used to get in trouble sometime because I, if someone threw something at me, I would throw it back. Right. Um, there was a lot on the bus. But was a that in of, high school more that people were throwing stuff or in elementary school? I feel like it was middle school. Middle, middle school. school. And high school was more, it was more chill. But again, even in high school, like, I just, even though I knew a lot of people, I just preferred to sit in the front. Right. Number one, because I had a habit of oversleeping and I didn't want to be in the back and no one, you know, not know that I was there because that happened, you know, in elementary when I was way in the back and no one knew. Right. <laughs> <laughs> At least if you fall asleep in the front, they'd, they'd see you. They knew to yeah. get you off the bus. The monitor, the bus monitor would always be like, Gloria, Gloria, where are your bus stop? <laughs> when, when I was in high school, for some reason, the bus driver had it out for me. And I, really? <laughs> and I like, I did nothing wrong. I just got on the bus. I usually sat with one friend. We just talked. We didn't talk to anyone else. Like we were not disruptive. And I do not know what his problem was, but it went so far as I got called to the vice. Remember in high school, the vice principal was kind of like the disciplinary. Yes. So I was called to the vice principal because there was a, com <laughs> there was a complaint that I was making fun of a special ed student on our bus. And I know his name. Um, I'm not going to say it, but I would never have done that. And like the vice principal kind of knew. He was like, this seems really out of character. I'm like, I would never make fun of anyone. Like, But the bus driver filed a complaint. I think he was just like, had it in his head that he didn't like me and this other girl. And honestly, all we would do was just like get on the bus and sit and talk, but he had it out for us. So they were, right. uh, I was supposed to get some sort of like detention or something because I was making fun of this special ed kid. And, um, but then the, the vice principal was like, uh, yeah, I, he like kind of sided with me. And so I never had to like stay after you know, for detention wow. or whatever. Can but you imagine that? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's crazy. You started school at, did you start in kindergarten, did you say? First grade. First grade, okay. But I feel like when I know that we knew each other and when I know that we were friends was third grade. Because we were in, I remember we had Miss Merrill as our teacher. Right, and now that I've seen the picture, I'm like, yes, Miss Merrill. Otherwise, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I don't know her name, honey. Well, one <laughs> one thing that I remember about her was she wore this necklace, but it was like it basically had just like a thing of chalk. So then she could use the chalk from it was like basically she just had chalk around her neck so she, she could write on easy the board. Access. <laughs> Do you remember that? 
No, I, I I don't remember the chalk, but I remember she was always so patient and so nice. She said, I'm, I'm, I'm Gloria. She's like, so I just want to make sure that you have a positive day. She was so nice to me. She was like extra nice, you know, and let's talk about the picture and, and, and. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 So, so maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah. I mean, and we're going to post this picture somewhere, but it's our third grade class and I don't know how many kids are in it. 25, maybe? I don't know. And you are the only person of color. Right. Uh, I was the only black student in that class. Yeah, but you were the only, only any person of any color. Like there was no Asian, no Hispanic, no Indian. I mean, nothing. It was all white and then you. <laughs> right. So can you imagine, you know, I always think of that. One of those things is not <laughs> like the other, right? Yeah. I'm the only black student in the class. And that, as I look back, I still go back to my mom and dad. What were they thinking? Yeah. And, and just for clarification, for our grade, there was probably like two other classes or something. So there was probably, I don't know, maybe there was three or four Metco kids in our whole grade at that point. And then I think we got more, right? As we Yes, went. as we got older. Yep. Yeah. But, but so... Yeah, it's small. And, and I mean, I think I even know the kids who started like as young as you did. And then they went with us all through high school. So like you guys, you know, by the end, it right. was like we had been to going to school together from the beginning. But that is a crazy thing, to, to, especially to look at now, because I think at the time it was just sort of like Gloria and you know, whatever. But now when you look at it and have actual like documentation that you were the <laughs> only person with any color, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. And so. Wait, can I make you laugh though? I think that explains like at, at recess anywhere. Hi, Gloria. Hi, Gloria. And I would just wave. And in my mind, <laughs> I just saw a bunch of white kids. Like I don't remember names. And I'm like, how come they, why do they always say, say hi, Gloria? And then I look back at that picture. Yeah. And I'm like, of course. And 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 even now, like when we were getting ready to do this, I talked to a couple high school friends and like we're just asking them certain stories or whatever. And I would just mention Gloria and they all know who you are versus if I mentioned to you like Jenny, there's like a bunch of Jennies. You don't know who that is, you know, but um yeah, like everyone knows Gloria. Everyone has a Gloria story, a, a good Gloria story. But that's funny, though. It's like, it's funny. And then I'm like, wow, like I really, I knew I was the only one in a lot of classes. And throughout my life, I, I, I always, you know, think about it from time to time. But when we were that young, I didn't really think about the, you know, the way in which we're looking at it now. Right. I knew that. Um, as each year went on, I started to realize, hey, I'm different. Um, I'm different from a lot of the kids in my class. And I want to tell you a funny story. And it may have been third grade because I think third grade, fourth grade is when uh, I started playing soccer. Right. And I have to make you laugh. The, in, in that picture, you know, my mom used to braid my hair and put <laughs> those little um, <laughs> little bow ties in, in my hair. And I remember playing soccer one day and I'm running. We're having a great time. And then. I think we're winning the game. Like, I love to run. And all of a sudden, I started seeing kids, like, pointing towards me, and they were laughing. And it was raining out. I'm like, what, what are they laughing at? So my hair unraveled. Oh, God. And, and the ponytail came off. 
And it was like real free, real natural. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, 19s, you know, in the 70s, what, 1979? I, I think they saw a real Afro and I think some kids weren't used to it. <laughs> I had never seen it before. They're like, what? What is that on her head? And, and I'm looking at them like, what? and I start patting. I was like, that's my hair. Oh my and I said God. to my mommy, my hair came out. I go, they saw my hair. She's like, it's beautiful. Aww. It's natural. It's you. And then I used to go home and be like, mom, can you press my hair and make it so straight? Oh. She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's like, this is what God gave you. We're going to work with this. She's like, I'm going to get the pressing comb. I'm going to press it. She would press it, and it looked so cute. But the minute the water hit it, whoa, right. my true colors would come out. <laughs> and honestly, I didn't realize it. But when they were laughing at me, I was mad. Oh, I'm and sure. I, and yeah, well, and I was I, like, I, yeah, I didn't realize that I the hair was different. And then I started, I remember putting the pressure on my mom and dad, like, you need to make it straight. Aww. Like, I want to look like Jenny and Amy and right. Karen and Becky right. and Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, no, no, girl, this is what God gave you. She'd always tell me. And, and I love, I thank God for her because she would put me in the front of the mirror. She said, you see this? This is natural. This is what she goes, and your hair is different from your classmates. Aww. She said, but it's beautiful. She's like, that. that's what makes you special. Oh. And as I got older, I began to appreciate. But at first, I was like, they're laughing at me. I'm a joke. Why does it look like this? Why is it poofing out? And I'd be like, Mommy, I please don't let it rain. Don't let oh. it rain. She's like, <laughs> I can't control the weather. I'm like, if it rains, it's going to unravel and it's going to get bigger. It's going to grow. And she's like, okay, but it's just your hair. Oh. But honestly, I think the MECO program and I, I'm so grateful and I always say that and I tell my mom, but what it did is she wanted a better life for me. She never imagined, nor did my father, the kind of pressure that I would feel at such a young age and then bring it home and put it on them. Oh, yeah. I would demand that I, you know, like the hair. I just thought of that as we're talking about it. Right. That <laughs> I wanted my hair to look like my classmates. I thought if it wasn't straight enough, then it wasn't good enough. Right. I thought if it poofed out, um, then I would be looked at as, you know, a joke made fun of. And you were How the only person with hair like that. So, of course, you don't right. have, like, an A ally. reference, right? An ally. I'm just out there with the poof, the natural. Mm -hmm. But, honey, listen, that afro has come back. <laughs> Girl, people are like, hey, rocking it out. Like, people are embracing it. And that makes me, like, it's so awesome to see. Totally. Like, from how far we've come in terms of hair and culture and, and people like, I wish my hair could be natural. And in fact, you know what's funny? A lot of people, a lot of people in my family, a lot of my friends, we stopped perming our hair years ago. Yeah. We're like, we want it to be kinky. We want to be free. Right. You know, so that that's that's a funny story, man. Totally. I think about that. Third grade, third well, grade, I remember that. And it's like, you know, everyone has insecurities when you're growing up, you know, and it's like anything that makes you feel different is like, ugh. it's just like the idea that, you know, people are looking at you because your hair is different, you know, or you have too many freckles or whatever the thing is. But, you know, you just kind of want to like blend in. Like now I feel like kids are more wanting to stand out or like embracing differences like 
Right. But it's changing. But yeah. so when you say that, like I'm thinking about your morning commute, my commute, like it seems uh, back then we didn't understand how different it was, but it really affects you in your life, like what you go through. Yeah. So I think about that commute and what it took for me, as I said, to begin a normal day and then to sit in the classroom after such a long commute, after, you know, missing a bus, after, yeah. you know, being on the bus and, and sleeping and oversleeping and feeling overtired and then finally getting in the classroom when the door, uh, when the bell rings and walking in and feeling like, I don't know what they're talking about. Like the teachers, right. I felt Aww. like some of the classes, it was a different language for me. And I'm like, no, I'm in America. It's English. Right. <laughs> but I was not, <laughs> I was not connecting, I feel like, as quick as my peers were. And that was hard. Yeah. It's not only like you said, we all want to fit in the pressures of, you know, not wanting to stand out. But when you're born, when you're born in a unique way, when you're blessed as I've been um, with and I keep I joke about it, but a permanent tan. Mm-hmm. I'm black. It, it it affects everything I do, mm-hmm. and everything that people. I think everything, uh, or it affects how people interact with me. Mm-hmm. And and I I'd like to think that it wasn't when I was a child, um, but you know there are moments where I felt like it wasn't. It, we had those innocent moments, but then as I got older, I, I know for sure that the way I look. Um, affected how people perceived me Mm -hmm. and the relationships I would build with other people based on stereotypes, Mm -hmm. you know, based on fear. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, being a child and and, and trying to learn and and grow and and then being unique, different, Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it does. And I've, you know, it matters. Well, and it's funny because I think like third grade, you know, we were young and probably, I mean, we as a class too, like probably didn't have as many prejudices or whatever because, you know, we didn't pick up on those differences. And I remember being jealous of you because (laughs) you would come, you you had this bus ride, but you would come with candy. That you got somehow like before school, right? You would buy candy. I'll tell you how I got it. Yeah. So (laughs) I lived like I lived at the bottom of the street when I got to the top of the hill was my it was my bus stop. (laughs) If you went like a few like just a block away, um, there was a store called called Teddy's Market. Uh And in this store, you know, it was like a little, as we look at it now, a bodega, like Teddy's Market had everything. (laughs) You know, they had fruit, candy, newspaper, lottery. But I would always run right to the bottom of where the register was in the front. And I would grab my now Uh (laughs) later. I would grab my Boston baked beans. And those little, those little squirrel, squirrel nuts. Squirrel nuts, squirrel nuts. I would grab a Laffy Taffy. Totally. Um, and I would pack it in a brown bag, Yep. <laughs> put it in my backpack, bring it on the bus. Okay. I, sometimes and the other kids on the bus too, sometimes they had it or I just keep it to myself and then right in, at recess. Uh-huh. That's when I remember you and I connecting. So, I mean, I remember that brown bag and that was like, like a hundred years ago, but I remember you had this brown bag and there, it was like, how does Gloria get candy she brings candy <laughs> to school you know I mean it's it but I did... tell you how I got it I would either go in the morning 
I'd make my brother or sister walk me to the court. They're like, are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah, I want to get a bunch of candy. And I and wait, and some of it, you know, I was a recipient of reduced lunch, okay? Right. So it, I was already getting affordable lunch, and all I needed was like 50 cents or a dollar. My parents would give it to me. I would go right to Teddy's Market, get my candy, put it in my brown bag, go to school. And then I remember one day we just started talking, mm-hmm. and, and I said to you, I have so much candy. <laughs> And I open it up, you were like, wow. Like it was like a sugar rush. And then I noticed other kids started coming. And I said, Well, what do you have? And I think you had like real healthy stuff. Right. Like um fruit roll-ups. What else did you maybe maybe some fruit? Carrots. Um, I don't know. Carrots, yeah. right. <laughs> and and we exchanged. Yeah. And it's funny, I mentioned this to my mom. And she's like, you know, I don't know what's funny about it because you got cavities after cavity after cavity and we kept going to the dentist. She goes, please make sure you tell everyone that I gave you fruits and I gave you vegetables, (laughs) but you were being sneaky and you used to go to that corner store. And remember, I would get it in the morning. Sometimes I would get it when I got off the bus or I pick it up on the weekend. And what I was excited about is when I started to open my brown bag, how many kids wanted some of that candy? Oh, totally. It's like I became popular. I'm like, girl, yes. You want some Boston baked beans? Here you go. You want some now laters? It was awesome. It's like I was now the maybe I was the candy connection. Totally. You know? But it, it was like, and yeah, it was like an anomaly. And then it was like, wow, like I want to go on that bus. Do you get candy before you go on the bus? And you know what I love too? I feel like that's when. I I like to look at it as racial honeymooning. Mm -hmm. That's when we knew nothing when I don't even think race came into play. It's like we found something that we found in common and that's, you know, you had your healthy snacks. I had my hard candy. Right. And that's where this (laughs) friendship would begin. And it's simple things. And it goes, it speaks to the innocence of children. Totally. That we... Um, learn things, I believe, from our parents. We learn things from what we see on TV. We learn things from the pressure of peers. But children, we all come into this world and it's it's an innocent thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what it feels like to not have a friend. Yeah. Everybody knows what it feels like to want to fit in, to want to be a part of something. And I, that candy exchange is something that I'll never forget. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and it's like I would continue to bring candy for years. Totally. You know? it, it, and and it, it when I was getting it, it's like that's what I do. I loved candy. You could always find me, you know, chewing, chomping on it. And, you know, I regret it now. <laughs> I say to my kids, you're not getting candy. And they're like, we don't want it. I'm like, OK, because you're not getting now or later. That, that was my thing. And my husband doesn't eat candy like that. They're just like, no, that was your thing. And you can live <laughs> do you with that. St- do you still have a sweet tooth now? Do you still eat a lot of candy? No, not really. Because, you know, in my adult life, I've certainly paid for that. I know. You but know, I, st- a- <laughs> I still have such a I, – because I kind of think my mom was definitely like that 70s mom, like wanted us to have like granola and raisins and yogurt and like right. <laughs> healthy things that I think because I was deprived of it, then when I could access it, I just, I still like my favorite thing to do is to eat candy with my son. <laughs> just like watch <laughs> a movie, like, and during quarantine or whatever, we'll just like watch a movie and eat candy. Like I'm still a child with my, uh, I love it. 
it, I, I guess. I mean, it's probably <laughs> so terrible for me, but I, but you see, know. you won't. And listen, Ford will won't probably. Ford will probably be like me. Like he has access to it now. Yeah. So as he gets older, he's gonna be like, nah. I'm like, been there, done that. Right. So now, you know, I'll get it like occasionally, but like I'm not like a Halloween person. I don't love candy. I I just think it was something to do when I was a kid. Yeah. That I was like, ooh, I'm gonna take my fifty cents right here. I yeah. have a plan. Yeah. And I'm gonna get this candy. <laughs> and I don't even know if I thought about making friends with it. I just was like, you know what? I just wanna have it. I'm on that commute. I just wanna, you know, I'm always falling asleep. I want to, you know, a nice little sugar rush. Right. Well, but it makes sense. Little... You had that long <laughs> yeah. bus ride. You needed something to do. Yeah, but my mom was like, okay, you could have had so many other things. Right. You want to bring that and you want to like spread the word. She goes, I don't appreciate that. I go, okay, we're fine. We're talking 30 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Longer than that, not to make yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, don't tell all our business, girl. <laughs> Those were good times, man. Totally. Good times. You've been listening to Hard Candy and Fruit Snacks with my mom, Gloria. And my mom, Carrie. This episode was produced by Frank Belita, Carrie Clifford, Gloria Harrison, and an ACL joint production. With the music by Alex Skolnick Trio. Check them out at alexskolnick.com. Tune in next time to hear more from our moms. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.